Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Late Show underway here on a Thursday night. Steve Thompson, you normally hear me on Saturdays. And then sitting in for Henry from time to time here on News Talk, A3OWCCO, alongside producer Chris Tubbs. A ton going on. The Wilder on home ice tonight. They take on Philadelphia after a tough road trip. And we all knew this was going to be a tough road trip uh, for your Minnesota Wild. Uh, they had to play the Washington Capitals, Carolina. They had to play Florida. And then they had to take on Tampa Bay. And they dropped three in a row to end the road trip. Matt Dumba sat for a couple of games. Returned against Tampa Bay. And I still want to go back to the Matt Dumba thing and what happened on the road, a healthy scratch two nights in a row. If it's true that he's on the block, what message does that send to other general managers in the league when a guy who's been one of your top four defensemen is sitting two games on a critical, difficult road trip? Uh, Doesn't look real good to other general managers, I imagine. But the genius in all of it could be that Dean Evanson and general manager Blagaren sat down and said, we need to light a fire under some of these guys. And uh, we are by no means assured of being a playoff team. After all, it's still late January, and nobody really is locked in. But the point being is, for the Minnesota Wild to maybe light that fire and see what Dumba brings to the table, uh, here at the end of January and through the entire month of February, because remember the NHL trade deadline isn't until early March. So there's still plenty of time for Dumba to come back and help the Wild secure a playoff spot and potentially make him more valuable to potential trade suitors. So while unusual to, to sit a guy who's potentially on the block, Maybe it will pay dividends, but goal number one should be to get to the postseason. Now, with that said, uh, we have learned that uh, another veteran, Ryan Hartman, will be a healthy scratch for the Wild tonight. And this being reported by Sarah McClellan of the Star Tribune. So he will not be in the lineup and apparently just taking too many penalties, etc., so the the wild sending messages right now at the end of January and if you look at the standings right now and the the, the wild their their particular uh playoff position and situation um you know they're 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 kind of on the brink here uh it doesn't take long to fall down the standings when you go 3 games in a row without getting points. We all know the story that uh, you, you get hot and over three or four games you, you, you put up seven, eight points. 
you, you can jump right back up there. Now, there's still uh, in a spot where uh, they're right in the mix. But if the playoffs were to start today, and I know they don't, Dallas, Winnipeg, and Colorado represent the Central. Seattle, Vegas, L.A., the Pacific. And in the wild card race, they don't get it done. Edmonton and Calgary are ahead of them. Calgary one point in the wild card standing. So it is imperative that they get back on track against the Philadelphia Flyers after a very difficult road trip and uh, one of their top guys sitting out two of those games. Now the reports are, even though they lost, in, in their final two games of the trip in Florida, and particularly Tampa Bay, they played better. And that's what's so unusual about the NHL more than any other sport, in my opinion. Well, we got beat, but I liked the way we played. And then there's times in the NHL where you're here, the insiders, uh, the coaches, even some of the players say, yeah, we won, but I don't like the way we played. <laughs> Chris Tubbs is our producer. And that more than any other league, that there are some style points for, yeah, we got beat, but we like the way we played. I don't care if you <laughs> muck it up and you win. Just get the two damn points. You yeah, know, I mean, sure. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want a pretty loss. Well, golly gee whiz, yeah, I like the way that we did. You win? Well, no, but I yeah. like the way. Well, then I don't like the way that you played because you didn't win. I mean, is it? It's just very, very simple math, right? Like you need to have more points than the four wild card teams in front of you to guarantee yourself an opportunity. In the playoffs. Absolutely. So, and, and, and I mean, I feel like they also, Steve, I, I feel like the Wild have missed the boat because Colorado, for the longest time, was struggling. Like, Colorado could not get their footing. All of a sudden, they've won six in a row, seven out of ten, and that is not the team that you want to mess with in the Western Conference. Yeah, uh, so, oh. yeah. It it is for the wild, and we're we're gonna get into this when when we talk wolves in a moment. Um, this this is what the leagues really want. Sure, you're gonna have those teams that are gonna run away and hide a, at the top of the standings, but but the more teams that are involved and have a chance to get to the postseason, getting to the end of March and early April. The better, as far as the clubs oh, are they concerned, love and the, they love parity. They love parity, and the leagues are concerned. So, I mean, I, I think the Wild um, are are just going to be in that mode where it's kind of like we're going to get into March, and if they can avoid these streaks, and that's why this road trip was so scary because they had a potential to go over four. They had a potential to go out on this trip and not get any points. They, they got points, but, but dropping the final three in a row, not particularly a good look. So uh, the Wild have work to do, and, and hopefully they get it done tonight. Ryan Hartman up in the press box wearing a, a good-looking suit, I, I, I would assume. Um, it, it's amazing the guys that are a healthy strat, a scratch, they always look, they're always dressed to the nines. Up in the press box. Uh, they make the, yeah, they, they make that pro money. I mean, he's he's going to yeah, have a nicer yeah, looking, sure. nicer looking suit than a sweater tonight, right? Yeah, I mean, they, 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 these are these are good looking suits and ties, and uh, th- those guys that are sent upstairs are, are really uh, really dressed well. They're dapper. 
yeah, uh, Timberwolves get a nice win. And I'll, I'll be honest, after that loss at Houston, I was like, this this is painful. Um, they, they've dropped two to Detroit. Uh, they, they've struggled at times against San Antonio. They lose to Houston. Oh, yeah. Now, now, granted, Zion wasn't in the lineup last night, but that, that's still a good win for the Timberwolves in what's really been a weird year. And I'm going to make another point. Like the NHL and all these teams and how, how teams jump up the standings and then fall down the standings, I looked it up before we went on the air, Chris. And this this isn't news if you check the standings regularly. The Lakers right now are in 13, and and, and by the way, they got Anthony Davis back. Um, all the way up to number four, New Orleans, that's 10 teams within three games of the standings. The Lakers are three games behind the number four New Orleans Pelicans, and at the moment, they're 13. Now, that's at the moment going into play tonight. So buckle up, get ready. It, it, it's going to be this way to the end in the West. Uh, now, that there are teams that are clearly could jump up in the standings and have a huge impact with health. And I think you could put the Timberwolves in that category. There's no doubt they're better with Cat in the lineup. Uh, he's he's a terrific scorer, etc. We just don't know when that's going to happen. But there are other teams battling big-time injuries. I mentioned Davis coming back for the Lakers. Uh, the Phoenix Suns have been... So there's a, a lot of clubs dealing with things right now, but that that's absolutely crazy. Closing in on the end of January, that that's 10 teams in the NBA's Western Conference within three games of each other. And then it's just two more to the surprising Sacramento Kings. Yes. The only teams that have really separated are Denver and Memphis. And even with that, you've got the Denver Nuggets. The Wolves almost beat Denver in Denver. I thought the Wolves played really well. And then you've got Memphis, and Memphis is not – I mean, they've lost four in a row. So this is not – you're not getting Memphis, you know, as at a high point, right? I mean, they've had some injuries, and they've had some things yep. they've had to deal with. You know, Steven Adams uh, is out for them. So you have this just mucked up, jumbled Western Conference that every day, like, you're going to have these teams and, – and, that are going to be, you know, ebbing and flowing. And to me, Steve, the Wolves, you got to try and make some hay eventually. I don't know if they've got the ability to do it right now because it's one step forward, two steps back. But, yeah, for as bad as that loss to Houston was and the two to Detroit and the way that they play against San Antonio, and then they go out and you beat New Orleans, even without Zion, you're like, is this team – can we take them seriously as right. maybe a top four or five team in the West Conference? I, I don't know because just when you're ready to buy into them, they do something like, you know, stink up the joint against Houston. Yeah, and I'm glad you used the word seriously because that's been used a lot on social media when it comes to the Timberwolves, that this, this isn't a serious team or it's hard to take them serious with the way they play some nights. And I, I think that's a great way to explain. Now, granted, Carl Anthony Towns and Jordan McLaughlin, two key parts of this. Cat more than McLaughlin, but still, you know, he was the go-to guy in Game 6 against Memphis in the playoffs. So don't discount what he means to this team. But some nights, it's like, once again, that Houston game, or these games against Detroit. And, oh, by the way, back to the standings. San Antonio and Houston bringing up the rear. 
They're not competitive in the West. And then you look over to the East. Oh, what do we got here at the bottom of the standings? Detroit at the bottom of the standings in the Eastern Conference. (laughs) So if you just look at the standings, it tells a huge story. If the Timberwolves would have taken the likes of Detroit and Houston a little bit more seriously, the, the standings look a lot different for the Timberwolves minus Cat. And and minus McLaughlin right now. Yeah, so those two those, those two teams, the Rockets and the Pistons, have a combined oh. what twenty three wins. Three of those have come against the Timberwolves. So from us to you, you're welcome. Yeah, oh, ugly. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about U.S. Bank Stadium. Governor Walls uh, plan to pay off. This is not new. But uh, it, it's really gaining steam over in St. Paul that the stadium would be paid off. Now the fight begins about, you know, improvements, et cetera. And what I call it is uh, the, the future aluminum siding fund for U.S. Bank Stadium and, and who's going to replace that down the road. So we'll, we'll get into that later on in the program. Coming up, Matt Hodson from the Twins. A big weekend for the Twins. Diamond Awards tonight. Twins Fest this weekend. We'll get to that in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. It is really the kickoff to the 23 Twins season. It starts with the Diamond Awards tonight downtown and continues with Twins Fest. Yes, Twins Fest is back. And a good friend of ours, Matt Hodson, joins us from the Twins front office. And uh, Matt, uh, it's a little late, but uh, Happy New Year and good to visit with you again. Happy New Year as well. And you know, in some ways, this is the kickoff of the new year. This is the start of baseball season, all these events this year. Yeah, and it, it's yeah, and it, it's it's great that that these things are back, like the Twins Winter Caravan, like the Diamond Awards, and of course Twins Fest. It's a, it's a great opportunity for fans all over Twins territory to you know get together and and talk about the twenty three team. You're right. I mean, it's just just being here tonight at the depot for the Diamond Awards and seeing the smiles on people's faces to be back in person interacting with their favorite players it's just it's it's amazing it really is and, and to see that now tomorrow night at the Fillmore for Twins Fest Live and Saturday at Target Field I can't wait I it just it's one of my favorite times of year just to see the looks on everybody's face when they get to meet their favorite players whether it's Carlos Correa uh, Rod Carew anywhere in between uh, it's just it's awesome yeah and there there is a buzz Carlos Correa uh, his re- improbable return to the Twins after uh, originally getting a, uh, you know the the framework of a deal done with the Giants fell through, then the Mets back here to the Twins, and that that's created a real buzz, hasn't it, Matt? Oh, it sure has. I mean, it, it changed our outlook overnight, and uh, to have Carlos back, what he means for us, not only on the field but in the clubhouse and the and in the community, and to know that not only will he be our starting shortstop on an opening day, twenty twenty three, but he's going to be a Twin for at least the next six years, I'm not much longer than that. It's yeah. just, it's awesome. Yeah, it, it really is good. Diamond Awards tonight, Baseball Writers Association, heavily involved in that event. It's been going on for a long time, and uh, people are honored. Awards are handed out. It's really a fun night and a kickoff to the weekend. And then he mentioned Twins Fest Live Friday night at, at the Fillmore. This is, this is a new ad to Twins Fest weekend, isn't it, Matt? It sure is. Yeah, we wanted to try to, to do something new. And, and what it is, it's tomorrow night from 7 to 10. Tickets are still available, so come on by. And it's a chance to more exclusive, intimate setting than you'll find at Target Field. 
uh, a chance to really have some conversations with the guys, talk a little baseball, uh, see their personalities come out maybe a little bit more. They're going to have some uh, interactive games against each other and, and the fans in attendance. Uh, we'll have a live cover band. So it's more of just kind of a, a fun party type evening. Yeah, uh, really neat to add to the weekend. And then Saturday at Target Field, Twins Fest, and uh, current and former players galore will be there live starting at 11 a.m., broadcasting through 5 o'clock. Chad Hartman starts her coverage at 11 a.m. Uh, Henry Lake will stop by at 1. Jason DeRush at 3, and then Vanita will finish off our coverage between 4 and 5, and then I'll be in at 5 o'clock to get you up to the Timberwolves game. But Twins Fest coverage all day. and uh, Boy, the response has been phenomenal, hasn't it, Matt? It sure has. Saturday is sold out already. Uh, I mean, it's great from the fans, from the players, uh, alumni. We have more than 60 that are back here this weekend, spanning all 62 seasons of Twins baseball. It, it really, you can feel the excitement. It's palpable. Uh, so, uh, Twins Territory, come on out tomorrow night at the Fillmore and join us. There's still tickets available, and uh, let's get going for 2023 Twins Baseball. And for more info, go to the website, twinsbaseball.com. Matt, I know you got to run, but thanks for the quick update. I- enjoy the weekend, and uh, hopefully we can visit again soon. My pleasure. Look forward to it, Steve. Take care. All right, there he is, Matt Hodson, Senior Manager, Business Communications with the Twins. Diamond Awards tonight at the Depot downtown. And then uh, at the Fillmore, tickets remain for that one. Great night, Friday night. And then, of course, Target Field, a sold-out event. And we'll be there live between 11 and 5 o'clock on Saturday. And then uh, Twins Caravan stop Monday morning here on News Talk, A3O-WCCO. Quick break, we'll have the weather. And then uh, JJ, uh, NFL MVP, maybe? We'll get into that. And much more here on News Talk, A3O-WCCO. NFL MVP candidates. And I I would go out there and say, not really surprised by any of the finalists for NFL Most Valuable Player. Uh, And if you just think about it a little bit, if if you follow the game, Patrick Mahomes, sure. Jalen Hurts. Monster year for the Philadelphia Eagles. By the way, he's my pick for most valuable player. Even though I love Patrick Mahomes, he's my favorite player overall in the NFL. Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, They've had their ups and downs this year. Beat up offensive line. Burrow's terrific and a worthy candidate. Josh Allen, they made a playoff exit. Buffalo Bills. And then the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson. Unanimous first-team All-Pro. We all know how good he is. But other than quarterbacks, it's very difficult for a running back or a wide receiver or another player to win uh, the uh, NFL Most Valuable Player Award. It's filled with quarterbacks. Uh, This list uh, is is just loaded with quarterbacks. Uh, Very few others have won this award over the years. And Chris Tubbs brings up with Justin Jefferson. Yes, he is terrific. But I will start with one thing. Even though the Vikings were a playoff team, you know, I I don't know if the, the Vikings are a good enough team to warrant a most valuable player. Typically, it's on 
the top four or five clubs also are are the most valuable player. Yes, the Vikings got into the tournament, uh, made the playoff exit, getting beat by the Giants, as we all know. Um, he is outstanding, but I think overall, team not good enough. I think there are a few things that are working against Justin Jefferson. Number one, let me preface this by saying what you were saying, Steve, as well, is that Justin Jefferson is a spectacular player. He's a franchise-changing player. He's going to get paid a ton of money this offseason, as he should. But being a wide receiver, you got to do something you got to do something historic, right? Like you got to break record. This was not a record-breaking season in any way, shape, or form. Like there was an opportunity late in the season for him to challenge some of Calvin Johnson's yardage record. Didn't do that. The touchdown record, receptor. He had a very strong season, but none of it was record-breaking. And I think for a wide receiver to win this award. You got to have a record-breaking season. Even when Calvin Johnson did it, Megatron did it. He didn't win the MVP. In fact, when was the Steve? Do you know the last time that a wide receiver won the NFL MVP award? I, I'm going down the list. I don't think it's ever happened. It has never happened. Yeah. So yeah. as much well, as we, it, it, and and to make that point, you got a wide out. And and he is he is terrific. He is on a trajectory to be in a in the Hall of Fame. Yes, and an all time great. I I don't think there's any question about it. But but it's dominated by quarterbacks, and and that's why I say that this is a a quarterbacks league. It it is the now, most now, important yeah, now, now now more than ever. It is it is the most important position on the field. And I went down the list to the finalists, mm-hmm. deserving of being a finalist, but. You look at the other guys, Mahomes, Hurts. You, you could stop there, flip a coin, in my opinion, between those two. Then you add Burrow, and who knows, Cincinnati, and we'll talk more about it later on in the program, Cincinnati has another chance, good chance to go into Kansas City again and beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on Sunday. It wouldn't yes, surprise me one bit. I mean, Joe Burrow is right there. So, So really you've got... Those three guys, you can't put Josh Allen there because of the way they laid an egg, in my opinion, in the but, yeah, playoffs. But, but, but this is also... the body of the work is a regular season. I get it. Yeah, yeah, and, and, that's, and, and that's what it is. Like I look at Josh Allen, even after he suffered that elbow injury, like yeah. he was still the straw that stirs the drink for Buffalo. And I would say after that, after that, that game against Cincinnati last weekend, Steve, that yeah. Josh Allen looks even stronger... Because he covered so many warts for that Buffalo team. Like, Buffalo's a flawed team. We, I didn't know how flawed they were. Just really, Stephon Diggs wasn't happy with Josh Allen. Uh, I'm, well, <laughs> I, I, the, the, and I got no problem with Stephon. Like, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, like, rag on Stephon Diggs. Because we've seen, we've seen wide receivers go after quarterbacks since the beginning of time, right? I, I mean, you go back to Adam and Eve and, you know, wide receivers, you know, yelling at quarterbacks. That was a bad look, man. Yeah, I, it, I'm going to argue it was a really I'm bad not, I'm not look. Saying that's, it's not a, I'm not saying it's not a league. Not, but who, it's always happened, though. I mean, I'm not going to pick on Stephon Diggs because everybody does it. Like, it happens all the time. It's, it's happened I, for years and years and years. You and I haven't had a chance to talk about it. We don't want to get bogged down about Diggs and his behavior. But you're flat out. 
showing up your quarterback right there. Those antics and him coming out after the fact. I just have to get this off my chest saying, well, I care so much. Yeah, you can care, and you don't have to show up the cornerstone of the franchise and, oh, by the way, that's Josh Allen. I, I, it, and really, if I'm Allen and I give him a lot of credit for not popping off the bench and say, let's go right now. You got a problem with me? Let's go right oh, now. If no, he's, if he's no, he's pose, not going to have the smoke. No. If if he's if he's going to pose like that in front of Allen, why doesn't Allen pop up and and have a showdown right there with Diggs right on the sideline? So Allen lets it go and ignores it. I I just think I I just can't deal with it. And you know what? I if I was the owner. Or, or the general manager or the head coach, we would have had some serious meetings. What do we do with this guy? you got to cut him. Do we keep cut this guy right around? Cut him. Cut him. Let him go. He's a cancer. Cancer, let him go. I don't know. Trade him to I, Minnesota for Adam Thielen. Let's go. I, 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 <laughs> I, I just was not a fan of that. So we'll, we'll move on from Diggs. Yeah. Um, but. I, I think when it comes to the MVP, Justin Jefferson, though, to be in that category with those four quarterbacks is a huge honor. He won't win the award. I, I just think it it's it's a huge honor just to be not just to be man. yeah just to be nominated because yeah, I, f- I feel absolutely. like we're seeing the changing of the guard with young wide receivers in the NFL. I, I really feel like we are because you got Jamar Chase, who's an absolute stud. Uh, you got Jalen Waddle. And Tyreek Hill from Miami, absolute studs. And, I, I mean, those are just you know, two of the guys. A.J. Brown from Philadelphia. Like, you have got some really talented young wide receivers in this league. And for Justin Jefferson to be the one guy that they put there, even, yeah, in that rarefied air, because the last non, you know, we said a wide receiver's never won it. The last non-quarterback to win it was, ironically enough, Adrian Peterson back in 2012. But he did something that was, I mean, he was so close. Historically, so close from breaking Eric Dickerson's single-season rushing yard. mark, And that was coming off of an ACL. So that was such a spectacular story. And I think that's, what's, that's what helped sell Adrian Peterson back in 2012. But yeah, yeah. This, this is absolutely a quarterback... I don't know the next time we would see a non-quarterback win the NFL MVP. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And then you go down this list. Lawrence Taylor in 1986, outside linebacker, New York Giants. LT was the uh, AP, NFL Most Valuable Player. Wow. How that, about going, going four years before that? Who was your MVP in 1982? Yeah, you had a kicker. You had a you'll kicker. Never, you'll <laughs> never see that. Mark Mosley from the Redskins. Yeah, a uh, team formerly yeah. known as the Redskins. A kicker was your NFL MVP. Think about that. A kicker has won the MVP before a wide well, receiver. Well, in the glory has. years, Fran Tarkenton in 75. Yeah. Uh, you had Alan Page, defensive tackle in 71, Justice Alan Page. Uh, Wasn't he the only uh, defensive tackle, too? He was the only DT to win it, right? I mean, this yeah. historically is not – it's not a defensive. I mean, Lawrence Taylor was he, – he's a lot well, defensive based, player. Based on the list I'm looking at, yeah. 
scrolling up and down the list. Okay, I, should probably I believe the up. only two defensive players to ever win it are, are Page and Taylor. You, you got running backs, Marcus Allen, uh, Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, Terrell Davis. LaDainian Tomlinson, Sean Alexander. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, really interesting. And then way back in the early days, uh, a guy by the name of Jim Brown, uh, I've heard of him, uh, won won the first two way back in the 50s for the Browns. Uh, We got a break. We'll come back. But it's still a huge honor for Jefferson, even though he won't win it. All right, Chris, I I said if if I had a vote in all of this, I'd take Hurts. What he meant to the Eagles and, and the fact that, you know, they they had a terrific season, and Jalen Hurts just did it all. Who who gets your vote? Uh, I can't say Jalen Hurts because I hate Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, know, get, give me, I like that logic. That, you know, I'm sorry. F- F- Philadelphia can get bent as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Mahomes, uh, l- Burrow, me, Allen. You know what? Let's JJ? Go, let's go with Let's go with Justin Jefferson. Just okay. I'm, I'm drinking he, the Kool-Aid. I'm drinking gets, the Besides, by the way, after this weekend, they're going to rename Arrowhead Burrowhead. Mark it down. Yeah, I, I like it. We'll, we'll talk more about uh, the, the championship games coming up this weekend and who gets a trip to the Super Bowl a little bit later. JJ's got my vote. In the program. Steve Thompson in for Henry Lake. Chris Tubbs is the constant. He's the producer extraordinaire on the program tonight. Uh, still some more football talk uh, coming up. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, not up for NFL Coach of the Year, did not make the finalist list. We'll, we'll get into that in a moment here on News Talk. E3OWCCO. So, huge honor for Justin Jefferson, one of the five finalists for NFL MVP. Won't win it. It'll go to a quarterback. We, we got into that segment before. And the thought would be that Kevin O'Connell, first-year head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, would, would be a finalist. Not the case, however. Uh, he he didn't make it. Now, now it's hard to argue with with the coaches that did make this list. And uh, Michael Rand, the Star Tribune, uh, does a Rand ball piece. Did a good breakdown on, you know, how he got a bad deal and all of this and all of the good things and taking over for Mike Zimmer and the the change in culture and uh, another big year out of Justin Jefferson. And the offensive line is something that I would throw in, that, that the O-line was improved. Um, they, they had a ton of success, a record amount of success in one-score games. It was It was just ridiculous how they found a way to hang around and win games that they probably didn't deserve. But on the flip side of all of that, if you want to maybe rain on the parade of Kevin O'Connell a little bit, you you could throw out, it was a a nice first year. You couldn't imagine winning the NFC North. But uh, they got just about every break imaginable in in that run this year. I mean, they, they won games they had, no business winning along the way, but they but they want him. But I I think in the big picture that that plays into it. Um, and and when they got beat, it was ugly. <laughs> the, 
the the Philly game, the Dallas game, the game in Detroit, um, all pretty ugly. Green Bay, uh, and the defense was still one of the worst in the league. The, the ultimate devi- demise for his predecessor showed absolutely no improvement whatsoever. And in some way, shape, or form, that has to be on the head coach. I know Ed Donatel took the fall, but but that ultimately is part of what a head coach does, and that's got to be on him. So it, you can look at the good, and there was a lot, but you also have to look at some of the things that really didn't change. And defensively, they were terrible. Chris Tubbs is our producer, and 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 Chris just just trying to be fair about it. Mm-hmm. There's the good, and there's the bad. And I think anybody who's looking at making him a finalist, um, I, I think they they took into consideration. And let's face it, in the, in some big time games and some big time moments, they were blown out. Yeah, and I think that's one of the lasting memories that people are going to have about Kevin O'Connell's first year is because you you had the blowout loss to Philadelphia, you had the blowout loss to yeah. Dallas, you had the blowout loss to Green Bay, and. When and you, the Lions game. I mean, yeah, the, they, the, they got handled pretty good at Ford Field. Yeah, they, they did. And when a team is, you know, has that one score margin record like they did this year, like yeah. you're gonna say, well, that that was lucky. They were lucky, you know. And sometimes that almost works. That works against you. I feel that that luck works against you because they feel that maybe your coaching was subpar, but yeah. your team was able to overcome that. But I mean, nonetheless. I think maybe you can make a case for him, but I can also see the case with the other coaches that are on there that it, maybe he was a step below. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah. It, my pick on that list, the Jags' Doug Peterson. He got the Jags to the playoff, and they got a win in the playoffs. The Jacksonville Jaguars, that's deserving of, of Coach of the Year, in my opinion. All right. We got to run. We'll have all the news at 7. Oh, a whole lot more coming up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 